Mad heart sucks the people he likes. Mad heart sucks the people he likes. Mad heart sucks the people he likes. And today he's talking to you. Hear what people say, and I'll bring you great content. We're welcoming you. Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Matt Hoss Talks to People He Likes. I'm your host, the fabled Matt Hoss. Uh, and if you have never listened to this podcast before, or the previous iteration of this podcast before, the Drunken Comedian Podcast, you will... Uh, essentially, what this podcast is, is that I sit down with a person that I like, usually a comedian, and I just chat to them about asinine questions. It's a lot of silly stuff, some stuff to do with their career, and uh, basically uh, just hearing what they have to say. It's it's always a pleasure for me to do, just to sit down with people I really uh, respect and admire. And this episode is in no way different, because we have someone uh, very legendary coming on. And episode 26 is with Wendy Wason. And if you don't know who Wendy Wason is, well, by God, you will do at the end of this. Uh, <laughs> the first thing, uh, at the the best thing about Wendy is that she's incredibly honest. She, as she said at the start, she's an open book, and she um, she does say what's on her mind and gives you uh, every possible iteration of what's going on in her life. And uh, I really respect that as both a comedian in terms of the storyteller. She's really good at getting that uh, that um, rawness across, but also uh, as a uh, she, she's also very open about her relationship and, uh, uh, you know, she, she, uh, to, to, to the volubles of everyday life. You know, she's she's open to say how she's feeling. And I originally listened to her. The way I found about Wendy was that uh, I listened to the Stuart, um, Stuart Goldsmith podcast, the Comedian's Comedian podcast, and uh, I listened to Wendy on there just by chance. And my God, what she had to say was really fascinating, right? Because what happened is that um, I couldn't really remember it at the time, but basically to talk about, it came out in 2016, and basically Wendy was talking about um, the discipline of happiness and also just trying to become more positive in your day-to-day life. And when I listened to it at a time when I really needed to hear that, and it really kind of helped me take action to be a bit more positive. Uh, I, I think it was helpful, although I do struggle to remember what exactly was said, but I remember little little activities that I continue to do just to kind of make me a bit more positive as well because uh, I think I'm quite a naturally warm person but on the inside I'm a bit like nah so hearing Wendy's things really helped me do that but professionally Wendy uh, she's both a comedian and an actress uh, she has been on BBC One's Sherlock and uh, and she, she has really ripe and uh, rife uh, acting career. But in comedy, I, I really, really enjoy her work. She's done uh, quite a few shows at the end of a fringe, and she's taken up a new one this year, which we talk about in the episode. Uh, and she uh, she's really good at getting that, again, that raw story across, that organic and uh, kind of... She, she loves to play in the moment on stage. We record this at the Funny Robert Comedy Club. Uh, it's a comedy club that I book and co-run um, alongside Oliver Double and uh, Thomas Blake at the Gulbenkian Theatre. Go there every second Friday. Oh, and check out the podcast. But we, uh, yes, we recorded in the dressing room before the show and, yeah, we just had a chat. Well, Wendy just say that she is very tangential with her stories, so I'll ask her a question 
and then about five minutes later we'll end up in a totally different place it's uh, uh but i also think that's the vibe of the podcast as well that's, that's what i really kind of like and she apologizes for it but i don't think we need to have that apology i think it's a good and it's good to see her train of thoughts as well uh so uh without further ado please enjoy the full kaleidoscope of the fantastic wendy Wayson. <laughs> I hope you're ready for our podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. Make sure you come play on a bus or a train, because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. I'd like to ask you some questions of about course, what changed yeah. your life about the um, what? community comedians thing. I find that well, to be honest, it was a little while ago, so I can. Okay. Uh, you don't, you don't, I'm not going to tell yeah. you. <laughs> no, like, your comedians, comedians. Thing, I was like, oh, for good if I say it. No, no, no. Like, I was like, what did you say to that poor guy? No, I, I just remember it being, um, just being really upbeat, and uh, it was a thing where I. You know, just like just taking positives and making your day a bit more positive as well. I think it's just happiness like, is discipline. Discipline. Yeah. I think people wait for happiness, and that fucking bothers me because if that was the case, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning because I've had to go and find happiness. Yeah. Some people just, you know. No, I think that's what. Uh, but on that podcast, uh, it, that that was something that just really because I was uh, in that period, not to be too uh, overly emotional. Like it was that, at that time where I was just I kind of needed to hear that yeah, as well. We all have that. Shit. Yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my friends was like, "You should write a show called Growth Through Pain." Yeah. And I'm like, no one's gonna come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so um, well, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's um, it was one of those things that really kind of um, kind of just made me start to turn my life a bit around and be a bit more happier. And you know, I've never looked back since, really. So, Good. Uh, and I think it made my stand up a bit better as well because just instead of being kind of like, "Well, with me," it's a bit more like. Yeah, and I think that's, it's well, it's a lot better than me anyway. So, uh, welcome to the Funny Rabbit Show. And Thank you so you, much for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, and uh, so, um, this is our second ever night at Funny Rabbit as well. Oh, it's only second ever. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, um, exciting. Yeah, we're, 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 it's we're something that we're quite proud of because it's between me, um, Ollie the Comper, and uh, a producer Blake as well. So we, we've really raised it from the ground up as well. So uh, we have a really awesome lineup. Yes. And so, thank cool. you for coming to That's be on cool. it as well. So. Uh, so, um, how did you start in stand-up comedy? What was your... It depends what you define as start. And I think, um, here's where I go long-winded and bullshit. No, no, I love it. I think that sometimes you start things and you don't know you're starting them. Mm-hmm. So, when you're a cleaner, picking up shit in a hospital, um, and I'm very good friends with Greg McHugh, yeah. and Greg McHugh worked in a care home for a long time, and we have jokes about things that we laugh at that you probably shouldn't laugh at but it's a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. so when you say when you start a stand-up comedy probably when my parents were divorcing when I was about five and I was just trying to make everything happy and la 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 Uh and that was my life and then I sort of real sometimes you do things naturally that you don't know what it is yeah yeah and then you're like oh that is that Mm -hmm. so you know when you go like not when you go to therapy some people go to therapy and they have a displacement or whatever it is that you do to get yourself through the day mm-hmm. you realize that you've been doing that and I know for a long time in my life I was displacing 
uh, not displacing, I was dispersing sort of angry feelings with jokes yeah. from a very young age. And then I uh, got a job in the Gilded Bloom when I was 16, oh, uh, really? selling tickets. I was in, on the door oh, of the wow, Gilded Bloom, so that's cool. when I first met Karen Corrin, because well. <laughs> I'm from Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, uh, David Baddiel probably won't let me for this story, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he'll cry himself to sleep with <laughs> 3,000 thread fucking pillows. Um, Karen used to put me on the door because I was from Edinburgh, so I wasn't obsessed with comedy. I liked comedy, mm-hmm. but I didn't know who everyone was. So yeah. I'd sit on the door at Late and Live, which uh-huh. was a legendary night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hosted by Martin Lamar, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, and then eventually sort of Ed Byrne. And you know, Late and Live in the Edinburgh Festival is a bear pit. It's slightly less so yeah. now yeah. because it's sort of a little bit. Everyone knows that. Oh, right, I'm going to a bear pit, but then it was like a bunch of people from Edinburgh going, you think you're a fucking comedian from London? Let's see how you fucking do with us shitheads. So it would be that. And I, you know, and I used to be on the door of that, getting money. And of course, all the comic, it was the latest bar in Edinburgh at that mm-hmm. time. There was no underbelly. There oh was no, yeah. um, the Gil- you know, Gilded Bloom was the latest night. And I think the assembly shut quite early. The assembly shut at one. Gilded Bloom was open to like four or five. So wow. I was on oh, the door you, of yeah. that. When I was, I think, eventually when I was 17. Wow, oh my so God. I would yeah. sit in the door there, and I remember David Baddiel like, bringing down 10. He'd be like, do you know who I am? And I'd be like, nah, <laughs> I don't. And it's five quid a ticket. <laughs> and Karen Corrin fucking love me. Yeah. So, you know, and I also think that it's, it's, Karen's find it difficult to sort of see me as a comedian because she's kind of like, yeah. that's that wee little Rottweiler I used yeah. to stick on the door. And yeah. you'd be like, no, nah, you're not coming in if you've not got five pounds. I'd be like, I don't know who you are, sorry, you can't come in. Yeah. So that was sort of, and then, and the great thing about working at the Guild of Bloom was I could see all the shows. I saw Phil Nickel, who mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to call a friend now, but when I saw him, he used to do a show, show called Corky and the Juice Pigs. I don't know that, to this. Google Corky and I, Juice Pigs. It is amazing. They used to do the show, called, they used to do songs and improvising, and mm-hmm. it was like the, the thing that blew the roof off the Gilda Bloon. Sean Hughes, yeah. sort of, he was there, and he was a, you know, he was a good friend of mine, till, till he, well, till yeah. he went, you know. Um, and... Yeah, so that's my introduction to stand-up. And I watched it all thinking, wow, it'd be so great to be a stand-up. Yeah. But I could never do that. So um, there's already so many things to talk about there. Sorry. But, uh, no, 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 it's, it's great. Uh, um, um, I, firstly, I pick up on the ca- um, Karen Corrin thing. Like, uh, last year at the end of Fringe, I teched for Laura Lex in the, in the turret as well. Lovely, uh, lovely girl. And in, in her show, was really amazing as well. It was so great to be in that environment. But... Um, Towards the end of the fringe, she started really selling out and being quite, getting quite her massive boost in profile. I love her, but I hate her for that <laughs> because I'm a comedian and I like to do well. And a part of me dies when anyone I like does better than me. <laughs> I, I think uh, that was very that I'm resonated joking. a lot of it. I'm joking, but I'm but kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still there going, well, you know, I've got a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, like, I, the same. I have the same. There's some people who I love and I, I cherish as friends, and I, I I love seeing them do well. But I'm also like, why are they on TV? But well, I, I know, but there's that. But there's also some people that you think are shit, and you're like, 
I cannot be happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know that you are shit. Yeah. And I know that your soul is black. And I don't mean black, but I mean yeah, yeah, dark. Yeah. You know, sorry. No. That's really wrong. But you know what I mean? I mean, I know that your soul is a black place to be in. Yeah. Why are you where you are? Yeah, I, I am. Um... But, uh, the, but when I was with Laura in the tour as well, like, it was a packed oh, up. the same room? Yeah, yeah, it was oh. in, the, in the same room. Because, well, I had like... Um, Hang on, was it as busy for me as it was for her? Let's not talk about that. No, it wasn't! I will uh, find did... you, Laura Lex, I will find you and I'll kill you. Uh, who can remember such details? But oh, like, well, uh, clearly you can. <laughs> but uh, when I was... Uh, so it was a very packed out room and then I sat at the tech box in the back and uh, I don't it, like it when it's too busy because it's very hot in the turret yeah it, it get like uh, before I'll literally say 25 people and then cut it off yeah. no more <laughs> so that, anyway yeah. sorry I'm interrupting I'm interrupting, I'm interrupting. no 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 uh, um, but before Laura was Lost Voice Guy and obviously he had got quite, quite famous or incredibly famous at that point so he okay. sold out so the room was really it's, it's not like a swamp yeah proper, proper yeah it's um, but uh so we always try and get people to fill out from the front and stuff like that, but sometimes people didn't. But this lady who I didn't know just kind of sat next to me. I was like, um, it's all right if you go and sit towards the front. He goes, no, I'm going to sit here if that's okay. And I realised that it was Karen as well, and I didn't realise. Okay. And I was like, oh, better not fly to Gilda Balloon. <laughs> no, she's yeah. great. I mean, like, she, um, Wendy, so I remember she, she did a show 2014, and... It was about my husband almost died in Los Angeles, and I uh, we were doing we we're working out there, mm-hmm. and um, I realised so and I so we had health insurance so it covered our insurance and I the weird thing was when I was out there I was like I didn't know if it was going to cover the health insurance we had three kids my youngest was a baby mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay for yeah, yeah. his illness. He had a bleeding ulcer. Oh my god! And what happened was I taken him to the nearest hospital, which was the Los Angeles County Hospital. Yeah. And they figured out that he was bleeding. He had an, he had a burst ulcer in his stomach, so he was bleeding to death effectively. And they figured out what was wrong with him, and there was a operating theatre free, mm-hmm. but there was no recovery room free. Yeah. So they could have done the operation, but there was nowhere for him to recover. So he just had to sit in oh my God. ER and yeah. bleed to death until they could... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like any self-respecting comedian, yeah. I wrote a show yeah. about it. <laughs> and I keep saying to my husband, you know, if you died, I'd have got the fucking... <laughs> do you know what I mean? What a yeah, great ending. Yeah. yeah that, but you know, yeah, the, the like... fucker lived <laughs> to ruin my life. And, um, but... When we calculated all this, so I was like, there, they gave me a price list, and it was kind of like if he's in um, ICU, if he has a blood transfusion. So I, ca- I calculated it all, it was like 72 grand. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit. Um, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. and the do. number one cause of bankruptcy in the US is non payment of medical bills. Yeah, yeah. And um, I went into, uh, but then we had health insurance, and do you know what our health insurance paid at that 72 grand? Much. Eight thousand pounds. Oh my god! So it's yeah. mates rates. So insurance companies get mates rates. Yeah. But you and I don't get that. Oh my we god! Don't get that. It's yeah, 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 yeah. As people who've grown up with the NHS, so yeah, my yeah. show in two thousand and fourteen was called Hotel California, yeah. which was about my husband. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can check out, but you can never leave. Yeah. Because yeah. it sounds you can't. And yeah. And also, if you have, so I've had three kids. Uh, Two of which were emergency C-sections. Yeah. So you go in and you save up your money to have a baby and it's $800. Oh my but God. if you need to have an emergency C-section, 
you have to have an anaesthetist, you yeah. have to have a surgeon. So it goes up to two and a half thousand pounds. And then you have seven days to pay the bill and then it starts going up in increments of ten percent. Oh my god. That's like imagine like like well like obviously you had to live that reality of like uh, being Well I had to live the fear until I realised we were covered. Yeah, yeah. But then I went into the accounts office and I saw Oh my god. People who had new babies crying because Yeah, well, how, how can you pay that as well? Yeah. It's uh yeah, like especially when you're going through that, your body's gone through a trauma, or your or your loved one's gone through like a like a, a awful thing, and then at the end of it, once it's sorted, you're landed with this bill as well. It's like it's such a cacophony of uh, emotions. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. Going, maybe she should just let him die. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if he died, I'll get the Edinburgh show. And then, but then also, I don't even know if they die. Do you still have to pay? Because yeah. you're occupying a bed. Yeah, and you know, but yeah, it's like. Yeah, maybe like discounts, you know. Like, it's the most extraordinary thing. The reason that he got admitted so quickly was so I took him to the county hospital. Turns out if I'd taken him to the private hospital, he'd have been seen quicker. But of course, the county hospital, they admit people on. Um, sorry, we've slipped off my old no, show. No, 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 no. The no, other no. One. Um, they admit people on. Uh, if you can talk, you can wait. And if you can't, you're yeah. straight in. So he passed out on. It was so. It was so. As a British person, it was so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So he passed out at home. <laughs> so I drove him in with all three kids. Yeah. And then I was like walking across the road, and he uh, fainted and passed out. Oh. Of course, because he had an internal bleeding. I mean, yeah. You know, he was bleeding internally for ten days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he passed out and fell into a bush. It's funny now. It yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like. And uh, he passed out by a bus stop, and this guy was like, "Oh my god." Your husband is just—is this your husband? I was like, yeah, he's fainted, and I was like, I can see he's fainted. <laughs> he's like, well, have you called man down. And I'm like, have I called what? Because also, when you're in a foreign country, you and I know we call nine nine nine, and I know it's nine one one, but I'm like, is this? A- he's fainted. Is this an emergency? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm like that because like I. Like, I know if a situation is wrong, but I'm also like, I don't have enough, sometimes like, I, I feel too polite to kind of like make a fuss, if you know what I mean. So like, yeah. Yeah. oh, is this worth it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Yeah. So, you know, and that's kind of like, I don't know what to do. And the guy was like, oh my God, this is man down. And he took his phone out. Yeah. And he went, man down, man down. Like somebody shot and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But then within two minutes, ambulances appeared yeah. and my place appeared and this woman was like excuse me ma'am your husband you're within 15 meters of the hospital why didn't you call man down yeah. like no I didn't know I didn't know <laughs> anyway yeah and uh, that's... on the plus side they got him straight in yeah. otherwise he'd have been sat waiting in the waiting room for three days and now you know that so if that situation ever happens again yeah. or even if you need yeah. to get somewhere so your fast, top lesson is if somebody down. faints in LA Find that number. I don't know what the number is because of my call. Yeah. You shout man down and the police in there. Man down can mean anything from a fainting yeah, to a shooting. Oh, so but if yeah. a man is down and out and uh-huh. not in the game, it's man yeah, down. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it's, it sounds... like that. He, like, he sort of put his hands on either side like some kind of fucking yes. apocalypse now. Okay. Man down! <laughs> and I was kind of like... And I was holding the baby going, okay, oh my God. stop showing off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned to begin with that uh, you, um, uh, when you were a kid, you were making like jokes out of these tense situations as well. Mm. So, do you find it easy to make comedy out of some like hardships and stuff like that? Or I think it's my coping mechanism. When you say, "Do I find it easy?" It's my coping mechanism. Yeah. 
uh, to an extent where I make jokes out of situations that I really should be shutting the fuck up and just listening yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And I'm 45 years old and I'm trying to grow and um, <laughs> do that. Yeah. There are um, personality traits that serve you well on a comedy stage, but not quite so well on yeah. our friendship stage. So let's, really let's elaborate that as well. So what, um, has your comedy persona ever affected your like, like personal life? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. You yeah. can't say to your husband and uncle, so how often do you have sex? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm sorry. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's not... I would never trivialise something like Asperger's or autism. But it's that kind of thing where you see the joke and go for the joke and it, it might not be appropriate at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I read I read a really interesting thing about what makes a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, oh, that sits well with me and that I understand it. And the dance you play as an actor, and of course I act as well. Yes, yeah. The dance you play as an actor is to be sensitive enough to feel the things and to portray the things, but mm-hmm. to not let yourself be hardened by going into an audition and somebody going, and you're not getting it, and you mm-hmm. go, whether you feel like, the, the, the more auditions you do, you get better at going, well, maybe I don't fit well with the whatever. It, for, yeah. for example, um, I've worked a lot with a director and a producer recently, and um, I went in for a show called back of the raisin mm-hmm. my agent was like you didn't get it and I was kind of any feedback no sorry no I was like mm. and normally my agent gives me some feedback and so it's really difficult to go oh well you know mm-hmm. whatever the reasons were blah, blah, blah. and then I bumped into the producer of Agatha Raisin who's a lovely lovely chap and he said to me um, oh I saw your audition tape you were amazing you're yeah. amazing and I was like well I didn't get a job I know <laughs> But we just cast a policeman and he's got dark hair and he's Scottish and also what's amazing is you had a certain turn of phrase and la 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 and we all thought you were wonderful but it just didn't sit well that 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 um, episode. Yeah. And I thought wouldn't it be great if all actors got that feedback but yeah. there's just not the space or yeah. time for that feedback yeah. yeah. and it's such a business that it's like no, 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 mm. yes. Yeah. Rather than okay, so I know that your mm. ego is going to take nourishing. And also, <laughs> when you put your creative self on the line, mm-hmm, yeah. it's really nice to hear that shit. Yeah, for sure. But like you never hear it. And especially like with stand-up as well, when we have to email so many promoters as well, in, like 90% of the time you don't hear much back. And, well, uh, don't and, you? But, well, but maybe oh, that's yeah. <laughs> As a stand-up, sorry, as yeah. a stand-up. Although I'm meant to be in like, uh, this week I was meant to be in Budapest, Vienna, and... Mm-hmm. Somewhere else close by, and then the promoter went bust. So I was kind of like, "Yeah, that's like fifteen hundred quid day." Yeah, right. Yeah, but I've got a week free. My husband's like, "Why aren't you working?" I'm like, "I'm watching Netflix." Yes, yeah. every fucking day. It's I'm research busy from eight till ten. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone off again. No, no, no. no, no, no. You, you've listened to Stuart's <laughs> comedians, comedians. So you no. know how I don't think in a linear. No, like, this is exactly what the podcast is. I love it. So, uh, and so, uh, how do you manage? both uh, acting and comedy as well and uh, do, do, you, do you find one easier or other and what, what, is there any overlapping traits that you in? I don't find anything easy mm-hmm. I don't um, I am I love researching I love researching I love sitting in a computer and going oh this is happening and then disappearing in that world I love studying mm-hmm. I love studying whenever I write a new show and this is a new show so I'm showing you my yellow I yes. always write on these yellow books very cool um, I this is a new show I'm writing about shame and humiliation 
Okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about that. Have you got a title for the show or any ideas? No, I'm thinking... So I was going to call it Wendy Waste, an actual human female. <laughs> and then I thought that trans people might get upset with me for that because mm-hmm. I'm not... And it's not about actually... It's just like... Uh, two years ago I did a show where I talked about my day and I was like well that was my day as an actual human female mm-hmm. my director was like that's really really funny mm-hmm. being an actual human yeah, female yeah, yeah. just because it feels and also on today which is International Women's Day you know we just have to bow so much shit yeah, and I don't yeah. think you know I, I don't want to whine about it but it's just you know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous the yeah. shit that women get and you think like even you look at Trump and you mm. look at all that shit that he spouts and you think a woman grew you, mate. Shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Somebody grew you, and someone decided that you weren't the right time to yeah. be in this world. But you know what? I'm sure I'll love it anyway. Yeah. And here you are. So shut the fuck up and give us a voice. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the stuff that I deal with, like so. On a daily basis, we deal with a lot. And I'm not saying that men don't deal with a lot. I'm sure it's very hard for you Mm -hmm. guys. But you get paid more. And you don't have to justify. And men get so many chances to get it wrong before they get it right. Yes. Whereas women have to prove they can get it right. Yeah. and Uh, Men have to prove they get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And then they're right at the job. Whereas women have to prove they can get it right. And you've seen that on so many panel shows. I've been invited on a few panel shows. I've been on there once. I might not have flown. But... I've not been back on. Yeah. Whereas you've seen boys that have been shit on a panel show right. and they're yeah. invited back on and they're invited back on. Oh look, they're good at it now. Oh look, they're better at it. It's almost like it's training on the job. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk that works? <laughs> yeah, and like there's certain shows which I won't name, but like there's, uh, you know, I think there's... You know, name them. <laughs> fucking name them. Name them. Like, You're I'm, the man. That's what we need. Yeah. As a man, as a white man, yeah. we need you to name them. Well, like, in all fairness with Dave, they, they, they are, yeah. in terms of diversity, they're quite good. But, like, this is... They're quite good. But, the, for, like, for a starting point, the, the channel's called Dave. Yeah, and it's certain playing to a certain type of audience yeah, yeah. as well. So it's definitely not going to be a man of colour yeah. or a woman on the channel. Well, like, um, they do a good job in trying to keep it as balanced as possible. But, like, um, the first thing is that they have... Uh, I saw in, in four episodes, he had, like, two comedians on twice. It's like, wait, couldn't that slot have gone to any so other comedian? So they do a you know? good job in trying to keep it as balanced as possible. We're fifth, women are 51% yeah, yeah, of the population. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like... Yeah. It's not trying to keep it balanced. It's just trying to represent... Yeah, right. Do and, you know what I mean? And what that says to our daughters is... You're not represented here, and we're all fine with it. Yeah, and but, uh, someone like uh, Daniel Ward and do the right thing. Uh, that's She's why. I, great. That's why I love that because they, they, you know, that's the prerogative of that. Uh, and like, you know, like I, I don't. It's so, so, certainly not my place. But loads of people always come to me after gigs and go, "Well, I don't really find women that funny." Oh it's just gosh. like, well, go and watch live comedy then. You know, because like, like, these people always see like these panel shows. We've got five headline comedians. And uh, a TV presenter. Exactly. That, yeah, What's yeah. really extraordinary is that on a panel show, you see people who are effectively the CEO of a company, mm. and then the tea girl. Yeah, or, that, or, that's or, it. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say the tea girl, I don't mean any disparaging white female comedians. I mean it's a TV presenter or Jamelia mm-hmm. or yeah. or Jamelia or Jamelia yeah. or Jamelia. <laughs> Like, um, as much so our job as a comedian, as female comedians, as female comedians, as comedians who are female, yeah. is to travel the UK and we mm-hmm. banter and we put people down and we mm-hmm. know we don't put people, I don't mean put people down. I mean, 
deal with heckles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our job. And mm-hmm. also, um, what's interesting about panel shows is you often see the female comedian laughing at the male comedian mm-hmm. and not at the put down. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And some yeah, of the, yeah. I mean, Roisin Conaty has the best put downs on the planet. Yeah. And you see maybe 15% of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember for walking sure. behind Roisin Conaty. Well, no, walking in front of Roisin Conaty, and we were, ch- and I overheard a conversation behind her. And this is going to make me sound big-headed, but it's really funny. And um, there's a comedian behind and saying, "I just really want to sink my teeth into Wendy Wason's arse." Oh my god! And yeah. Roisin Conaty was like, "All right, mate, have you seen her husband?" <laughs> it was just such a yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. That kind of like, nah, she's a good girl. Yeah, she's yeah. a strong girl, and she doesn't take any prisoners. Yeah. Um, well, I, again, I, I, it's really awesome to hear you talk. No, no, it's good. Like, uh, no, 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 it's, uh, I, I, it's, you know, we can do this for hours. It's great. I know, I've stepped into a new arena so, so often I was like, I'm going to protect this and protect that and protect this and protect that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. There's hundreds of people not applying me every day. Yeah. Who the fuck am I protecting? Um, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, let's let's go back to your Edinburgh show because I love it. Which one? Uh, the, the, yeah, the new one that you're, you're sh- um, the new one I'm the, writing. The shame and humility. Yeah. So where's the starting point from that? Where? The starting point from that came from I read an article about a politician's wife whose husband cheated on her mm-hmm. and she killed herself, uh-huh. which I thought was interesting because my ex-husband cheated on me and I felt mortified because I was like oh my God, am I not doing enough as a wife? And the and I was 33 then. Uh-huh. And the older I get, the more I go, hang on a minute, that's nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel the shame? And mm-hmm. I find that kind of shame and humiliation yeah, interesting yeah. because when someone does something bad, something negative to you, often... I don't know if it's a ma- that's not a male female thing. Yeah. Sometimes when you feel something bad's been done to you, you think, "Am I responsible in any yeah, way?" Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Sometimes people are pricks. Yeah. And sometimes you're a victim of an asshole, <laughs> and it's very difficult to go. Nah, you're a cunt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because especially as I mentioned earlier, like like as a British person, you don't want to be like you, you. I think we kind of put in my head. Well, I speak for myself, but I, I always put myself as in, oh, I'm the person in the wrong here. Where nine times out of ten, I'm probably not. You know, yeah. like oh, sorry, that's probably too too generous. But like, uh, it's it, probably not. Yeah. And so I feel really bad after when you talked to me about how positive I was. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Fuck like, Dave. We yeah. had a conversation about how positive I was, and I am a pretty positive person. But sometimes you have to like steal that strength inside you and go, no, I've done everything I can to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're the fuck up here. This is not me. Right, yeah. Although when something bad happens to you, you sometimes think, have I invited this? Yeah, yeah. Is this me? And you blame yourself. It's like, oh, I deserve this. It's like, well, no, it's just, it's, I think, I I, um, I think that's a very emotional uh, strand, and I think I do develop that as well. I get over, overly sensationalise it. It's but... interesting to hear that also men do it too, because yeah. I always think, and also as a woman, and I wonder if women have, and, and this is going to be contentious, but I'm sure some of them have a study of it, that you are more aware of consequence, because I knew if I had unprotected sex from the age of, well, 12 for me, mm-hmm. I, could, I could maybe have a baby. Yeah. Whereas I don't think 12-year-old men the same age as me had Definitely. the same 
yeah. comprehension of that. Not that I was anywhere near, I was like 19 when I lost my virginity. Yeah. But, because I was so backward. And <laughs> but I, but I am aware that, that, and then that's that thing when you try to exp- understand things and explain it. Yeah. But yeah. then sometimes men get to an age of 40, 40, yeah. so you know there's going to be a consequence to this. And sometimes even 60, you're like, there's going to be a consequence to this. Yeah, well, I think there's some, like, certain men just don't think of it like that. They, they, uh, and, you know, uh, that, that, I think that shows for certain yeah. people. And they, they just kind of, they're lauding to themselves. But, like, hope, you know, I think we're, hopefully with the younger generations, I think that consequences is more shown but then then again on the flip side of that we also have some like twitter and social media where we don't see consequence we only have we we blurt this tweet out saying you're an asshole and uh, you don't yeah. see the human reaction to that although you know I mean? my husband's taught my my current husband let's call him that he's <laughs> <feet, is> 12, <laughs> 12 years younger than me and he's a lot more emotionally available because i think uh with instant messenger and talking and that sort of constant dialogue, mm-hmm. you have more access to how you feel. So when somebody emails you and says, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. You have a moment to process and go, how do I feel? And then email back. Mm-hmm. My husband hates texting. Yeah. But I like a text because I get a text in, I get to think about it. And, yeah. And then I reply. Rather than if someone puts me on my... Yeah. Because at work, if someone heckles me, I'm like, ah, yeah. ah, well, and it's a, a knee-jerk reaction all the time. Definitely. Whereas sometimes with emotions, I feel... I need a couple of days to let it percolate. And when, how do you feel about that? I'm like, ah, can you give me a, a day or so and I'll come back to you? Because yeah. I kind of need to sort of... For sure, yeah, yeah. I'm but, not sure. But then you have to figure out how you think, how it works for you. Yeah. Some people have snap decisions and they get back. And yeah. for me, I'm like, I need to go in a dark room and I probably need to meditate. Yeah. There needs to be some crystals and candles and stuff. <laughs> Stuart Goldsmith's going to want me, but that's how I work. <laughs> no, but I think you, you make a really salient point there, because like, you have to find uh, ways to make your... to, to like, feel yourself, you know, and how you make yourself feel that works with crystals or, uh, um, you know, meditation or whatever. It's the ways to um, find your own... Piece. My head moves so quickly yeah, that yeah. I need to have, like... So I meditate every day just to sort of... Even for, like, five minutes, just to sort of go... Just quiet just yeah. a quiet did I just hear a duck or am I going mental no no I think it was okay yeah, okay yeah. cool <laughs> so I was like I'm just a quiet old time and I just heard duck duck and I was like shit is there a quacking yeah, in my head no. yeah. <laughs> too much meditation yeah <laughs> so I've got some um, general podcast questions if you're up for that 100% okay this might be a hard I'm not going to ask them straight if there's one I'm going to like I'm passing <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I should have emailed you the questions. In there, I did ask for any homework. I did. <laughs> oh, apologies. Let the, let the record reflect that I asked for homework and was told no. <laughs> uh, I, um, so, uh, describe your act in three words. Uh, honest. Uh-huh. Non-linear. There's a dash yeah, there, yeah, so yeah. that's one word. And... I should say funny, but I'm yeah. going to say warm. I'm going to yeah, say no, warm. I think yeah, I think that's that's, that's a nice, that's an awesome trifactor right there. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. No, I like that. It's good. It's good. I'm uh, trying to be honest. I think honest is more important yeah. than funny. Yeah. Funny. You know what? Like, but um, as um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I saw your show. And I think it's the 2016 show. Is it yeah. the Tiny Me? Tiny and, Me. And about think, me struggling to be a mum and a sister. Yeah, and, and like I think the reason why I liked it so much because in my stand up, I'm quite. 
uh, I'm trying to be as honest as possible, but um, you know, but also quite warm as well. And I think seeing your show is really um, influential in that because you can you can tell a story and be your true. Uh, like there was no pretension of who you were. I, I, you were instantly yourself, and I was, that's something I really strive for as well. I right? just think there's so much shit out there, and there's so much like I and today actually. So I, my daughter is seven was seventeen yesterday. Oh my god. <sighs> <laughs> I know, I know. I had her when I was 16. No, I didn't. I had her when I was 28. But um, I posted photo- photographs about our, our, our um, birthday party. And my husband is an actor. And one of his fans put underneath the comment on Instagram, I wish I was as happy as you guys are. And I agonised over that because I thought, and this is a woman who's been quite offensive to me. She's like in her 50s or whatever. My husband's quite hot, which is really boring. <laughs> it's really boring because he's always in bed with another... No, he's always in bed with another woman on stage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah no. He may well be in bed with another woman. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Thankfully, he keeps that from me. But um, And I had that moment of like looking at her comment, I wish I was happy as you guys. And I was kind of like... This is Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You know, Stephen and I have been for a therapy. Uh-huh. Last week I hated him. Yeah. Uh, we spend so much time apart that it's really difficult to connect sometimes. Yeah. And we have to uh, we have to work out our relationship. And I know it doesn't seem the stage that you're at. Yeah. But relationships aren't just like, you meet someone, it's cool, boom. When you get married to someone, you make a decision to sort of freaking work in it. Yeah. And I know that because I've been married before and it lasted seven years and then he didn't want to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just, I felt for her and I felt that I had to answer that comment. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we look happy, but it's not a fucking, yeah, yeah. it's not a state, it's a process and it's a snapshot. Yeah. I'm happy now. I'm having a great time chatting to you. I might go home on the train and just be miserable because yeah. some prick stole my seat or because I don't get any wine. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Happiness yeah, sure. is not yeah. a... It's not a... Um, yeah, it's yeah. not a state; it's a discipline. Yeah, as, 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 I, so I, I believe happiness is discipline. And I yeah, I think that's so right because I think you can be a lot of moments can make you happy, and you can like go from bit to bit. But then, then something can sour as well. But then again, just learning how to iron out those um, those kind of negativity as well. But and I kind of feel like having do you surf? A surf, as in like surf. Surf? No, 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 no. So if you surf, surfing's great because yeah. surfing. Is a full body workout. My friends hate it because it's essentially burpees yeah. on a moving <laughs> surface. But surfing is great, and it's a great. There's loads of things you can do that I think are good for headspace. I think mm-hmm. gardening's good for headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, today I repotted a plant that I couldn't figure out why wasn't it growing, and then I took it out of this plant, its pot, and it was obviously it was trying to be the best plant it could be. But I had it in this fucking tiny confined space, oh, yeah. and so I was like apologizing. I'm so sorry as I was cutting it free from this tiny pot and putting it in a big pot, going, yeah, "Oh, yeah. I grow. Yeah. Do we do?" And surfing's great because you try. You're like, "This is a great wave," and you miss the wave, and you're like, "Oh, fuck it!" And then another one's long in a minute, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great sort of mental lesson to yeah. go. There's another one coming. Yeah, yeah. There's another one coming. Yeah. Just yeah. the other one. Because I think in my headspace, I always, in, to use that analogy, I always think I have a wave and then I see him 
the tide is over, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just it's like a pond for the rest of the time, if you know what I mean? But I think that, yeah, you have to... Uh, I think it's, uh, sometimes it's hard to think rationally in those situations. But and I, I do get, quite a lot of work with the moon. Yeah, okay. Let, let's talk about that. But, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, curious, I'm not, not knowledgeable in that kind of area. But okay. like, uh, well, you know there's a full moon every yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. And there's a new moon every month. Uh-huh. So what they say is when there's a new moon, you sort of come into your power and whatever you... Like, mm-hmm. you set yourself... When there's a new moon, you... you, know, you um, Set yourself goals when it's a full moon. Yeah. You haven't hit those goals. You let it go and you start again. Okay. Yeah. So a cycle. Yeah, it's yeah. a cycle. Well, and women get that. Yeah. More clearly than men do because uh-huh. our cycles are generally twenty-eight days, mm-hmm. which weirdly falls in line with the moon. Yeah. It's almost like we're ninety percent water. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I find the moon. I find it really interesting to sort of mm-hmm. check the phases of the moon. Yeah, okay. If you look at the tides and how far they come up, you know, whatever. Oh, that's And I know that Steve, yeah. I know that Goldsmith would be like, wait, he's on one again. <laughs> but I like all that shit. And I like working with the earth and what we've got. Anyway, that's no, 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 no. Um, um, yeah, I think that, that's... But Lunology is a great book and uh, there is uh, an app called um, The Moon, which yeah. just shows you what phase the moon is in. And there's also various different things that can tell you what they said when when things are built like um farmers plant lots of stuff on a new moon mm-hmm. because it's the time of yeah like uh growth yeah, and uh, and and more energy and that like we're closer so a full moon no they plant stuff on a full moon because we're closer to the moon mm-hmm. gravity pulls stuff out obviously yeah. and the moon the moon's gravity so like mm-hmm. if there's a full moon and you're on a beach, the tide will be higher. Yeah. So it pulls stuff up. So mm-hmm. there is a I'll, I'll a weird science yeah. to lunar shit that yeah. All my scientist friends would be like, "Fuck up, <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> Wendy's talking shit, but Wendy's not talking shit. Wendy's just a witch." <laughs> Wendy the witch. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I I'm gonna ask you. Uh, Quick fire questions. Yeah, just, okay. Quick fire questions. I'll keep talking. Okay, quick fire just... questions. Um, what is the strangest heckle you've ever had? Um, the strangest heckle is I was giving a gig very early on and um, somebody said, stood up, it was in King's Cross, and somebody said, I have just taken lithium and I've mixed it with my alcohol. And I said, oh, does it make me any funnier? And he said, oh, ha, ha. Laugh at the mad guy, and the whole room just went quiet. Oh it's god, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, like nothing I can do. Yeah. So that was my strange. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was my strange cycle. Again, it's it's a hard to do with a situation. Oh, what would you do? Yeah, like so. What is uh, what's the worst gig that's ever happened? Or worst gig you've ever done? Probably <laughs> the one with the lithium guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, probably the lithium guy. Yeah. Oh no, that's not true. That's not true. The worst, the worst gig I ever did was a gig in a holiday camp in uh, near Bournemouth, and they had the comics on between me, uh, between the bingo and the ballroom dancing. And my agent had gone. It's a big gig because they pay a fortune. Try and do as well as you can. Uh-huh. And I got out there and they just did not give a shit. And the guy who was running the night was like that at the back of the oh, stage. Like yeah. his, he's putting his hand over my throat. Just oh like, cut God. it, cut yeah. it, cut it. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like... And I, and I walked off stage thinking, oh, I could teach, I guess. <laughs> 
the worst gig ever. And I cried all the way home. Oh, and Lizzie so Port was like, it's a fuck. So Lizzie Port is one of my best friends. She's yeah. like, it's a fucking holiday camp. Who gives a fuck about me? <laughs> I give a fuck. Oh, bless you. I'm so full. I'm so full. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here but uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast as well it's such a pleasure to have you uh, thank you so much uh, so where can people find you online or like... you find me online at Wendy underscore racing on Twitter yeah. I twat a lot there I'm also doing a podcast uh, with my friend Maddie Anholt oh, cool. called My Younger Self oh great and My Younger Self is about things that you wish you could so you know when you look back when you're a teenager and you yeah. think I wish I thought about skincare rather than mm. spot control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's stuff like that. We talk about that. That's really cool. And yeah. so we, I, I'm old. I'm ten years old than Maddie. I also have a podcast that I'm going to revive called um, "Wendy's Words of Wisdom," where mm. I just get an expert on to talk about shit. And I stopped <laughs> doing it for ages because it was just me. I'd meet somebody who was an expert and then go, "Oh, cool! Yeah, I'll do yeah. my podcast." And then I lost the impetus to do it. But then I've had about 50 emails going, when's that coming back? Yeah. So that will be coming back soon. Great. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously put links out to it as well. But... Cool. My younger self. Yeah. Wendy's words of wisdom. And just Wendy twatting about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, final question. Um, has comedy improved, uh, improved your life or made it worse? Oh, comedy's infinitely improved my life. Comedy makes you look in at yourself mm-hmm. and in a really un- and you see yourself in a really unflattering light. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of being an influencer. Yeah, yeah. Looking at yourself and going, do you know what? And I, I love Instagram because Instagram is my sort of living mood board <laughs> of how I want to be. <laughs> and comedy is who I am. And it's not pretty. Yeah. No, but I think that within that, when you say it's not pretty, but I also think that uh, through that discourse, I think there's such there's it's humanity there, right? It's like it's it's a full well. It's, it, I guess well, it's that's the, when I write political material, I buy a broadsheet and I buy a red top, mm-hmm. and then the jokes are in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I do comedy and do Instagram, and the jokes are in the middle. Yeah, and that's yeah. The same thing for me. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, well, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Wendy for coming on to the podcast. Uh, as I say, she's a fantastic storyteller, both on this podcast and also on stage as well. Uh, at the end of the gig, she uh, she uh, she was really fantastic on stage uh, at the Funny Rabbit Club because she was uh, uh, she asked one uh, there was a kid in the front row, uh, not a kid, but like about eighteen, nineteen, like a student, um, and there were that student was there with her parents and. Basically, uh, it was a male student, and basically, uh, first Wendy had asked the parents if they still have sex and how often they have sex, and uh, and then asked the student more stuff to do with their personal life as well. So it was beautifully awkward as well. Uh, Wendy doesn't pull a punch. She's really good at what she has, uh, does. And, you know, I, I thank you so much for your time, Wendy. And, uh, yeah, and uh, this is the kind of thing which um, I love to put out in podcasts as well. Lots of amazing stories and uh, uh, lots of stuff to be inspired by as well. But if you like great stories and want to hear more uh, about... Well, firstly, if you want to hear more about Funny Rabbit, 
please get in, uh, check out the Funny Rabbit podcast. You can uh, it's find it on iTunes and Podbean and Acast. It's all there. And basically, it's the behind the scenes of uh, of running a comedy club with exclusive interviews. Um, for example, we had Tien and Dieb on the last one, which was really cool. And we also have some cool interviews lined up, plus just some background chats and some bits of material as well. But also, if you want to hear more storytelling and more gigs, well... Your homeboy Matt Hoss, he is like, uh, got his, uh, I've got my, uh, I'm doing Edinburgh Fringe Ball. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't really do a Scottish accent. Um, yeah, I uh, I often do, uh, my, when I compare in Glasgow, I, I often start the show by doing a Glaswegian, sorry, doing my Glaswegian accent, which really, as an English person, the Glaswegians do not enjoy. Uh, but it's quite fun to win in background, though. But, uh, yeah, if you would like to see me do my new Edinburgh Fringe show called Here Comes Your Man, you can see me at Just a Tonic The Meeting Room uh, from every day uh, from the 1st of August to the 25th, apart from the 12th. So come and see me. It's at 10 past 7 in the evening at the Just a, uh, Just a Tonic Meeting Room at the Grass Market Centre off Candlemaker Row. It's it's a £5 advance or pay what you want on the way out, but I would recommend getting your tickets now. Now! Uh, but if you can't go to the Edinburgh Fringe and you would say, hey Matt, when are you coming local to me? Well, why don't you go on my website, madhousecomedy.com, and see when I'm playing live as well, doing loads of previews. And if I'm not doing a preview in your area and you want to see me, get in touch with me at Madhouse Comedy at the contact part of my page and see if I can do a gig near you. If you can get people to come along to see me, like even if it's you and four other friends, I'll do that, providing you don't live in Torquay and it's not like a like a 500 mile drive for me yeah sure well even if it is a 500 mile drive i'll do it for you no maybe not uh depends who who you are you know if if you're creepy no but you know sorry this is not the best way to try to sell the uh the previews but do come along and see it check out the website Check out my other bundles of stuff as well. Like, my website's got loads of stuff on it, like loads of blogs, and uh, I've started a brand new blog called No One Asked Me To Write This, which is basically just me, just the stuff that no one really wants to hear, but the stuff that goes around my mind and keeps me sleepless. It's the kind of thing that I like to uh, just put out there. For example, there's going to be uh, rankings of all the Queen albums uh, from, from my perspective, uh, from worst to best, and... Oh, what a time I had writing that. I've also created a Guardians of the Gal- uh, Galaxy playlist, which is up there as well. Uh, I've created two, which is the best things in the world. Again, you should check them out there. It's um, And you can follow me online at Mouse Comedy and uh, both Facebook and Twitter. And just see what I'm up to. See what gigs. Come see me live. Give me a hug. Anyway, that's enough for Matt House Talks to People He Likes. Um, and I thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, next month will be... And so next month will be out next month. Uh, yeah, the podcast should be out next month. Uh, I think we've got a couple of guests lined up, some really cool ones, and one I'm going to record later today, which I'm very excited about. But as I say, do subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes, and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Now, which, uh, can, can we do a live signature? We can signing? do a live signature, but unfortunately, my me drinking my wine got in the way. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Let's get, let's get it. Here we go, Wendy. 
were ass or oh, no. That's a proper autograph. I know, yes. but I've got kids. I have to do it. I have yeah. to sign it out. Yeah, for what sure. Or oh, no. Because mine's like just very much like like as if I don't care, like mm, massive. You know, oh, no, really? No, but, yeah, but that's a proper like. That, that, Is it? That looks like a school teacher's one. If you know what I mean, it's proper. It's, it's a proper. A I'm proper... almost flattered by being a school teacher. <laughs> School teachers have got skills. Yeah, it's perfect. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.